0: This is Discussions on the Firewater Network where we talk to those crafting the future of the spirits industry. And now, here's your host. This is Zachary Farley. Today, I'm speaking with Ishan Dillon of the Seattle Distilling Company on Vashon Island near Seattle, Washington. Thanks for joining me today, Ishan. Absolutely. Thanks for coming out here. Ah, it's my it's a, pleasure. It's a nice ferry ride. <laughs> it really is. It's a beautiful island. Wow. I was, uh, not, I'm was not i blown away by everything you guys have out here. When I first saw on the map, oh, I'm going to go do this fantastic interview with a great new distillery. Oh, it's on an island. I oh, wonder <laughs> what yeah. that's going to be like.
1: <laughs> Very stereotypically northwest. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Ishan, tell me about your distillery. What are you building out here at uh, CL, Seattle Distillery? Uh, yeah, so when we got into this, it was, it was something that we wanted to make that was very craft. So, I mean, everything that we've done here, not only from the products, but the equipment that we make is very handcrafted, uh, made made by hand. Our spirits are 100% grain to bottle. So we make everything, uh, from, we mill everything, brew everything, distill everything. The still that we have, we actually hand-built, engineered wow. it ourselves. And uh, you know, have a lot of uh, very hands-on and kind of a... a labor of love touched everything that we use and make here.
0: Well, I know one thing you were telling me before we started recording was that you do more work per square foot than probably any other yeah, distillery per, out yeah, there per, cu- per cubic foot, per cubic foot sorry. <laughs> <laughs> going to the trusses cords of the
1: trusses and yeah yeah we, we use uh maximizer space that we have it's, it's uh amazing what we can produce in such a, a tiny building
0: absolutely and so just so uh, people who are listening um we are in the production facility if you hear some background noise it's just the sound of distillation happening yep the sound of spirit <laughs> making <laughs> so ishan uh i assume you know you weren't born in to a distilling family, you don't have making spirits in your history, in your family history. What what kind of made you want to get into it? What what made you want to start
1: your own spirits brand? First, I'm, I am half Indian and half Irish, so I always say I'm predisposed to whiskey, no matter what. <laughs> okay. And uh, but yeah, my background's in biochemistry. I hated working in a lab; it wasn't for me. Went into the family business for several years in construction, real estate, architecture. As much as it, it is fun, it's it, it again just wasn't fulfilling for me and i really missed being in the sciences hmm. and in, inevitably I, i've always been in a home brewer for a long time and started to really get into the craft distilling revolution that was happening uh we're about where craft brewing was about 25 years ago and uh this, this is my kids in the background they have uh <laughs> it's midwinter break yeah, break for them not for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh but yes yeah, so you know i i Develop the. Just uh, wait till
0: they're twenty one, then they won't have any problem hanging out with Dad at work. Yeah, right. I'm sure.
1: <laughs> That's my biggest uh, say, or security concern: is them finding my keys down the road. Right. But uh, yeah, the uh, uh, you know, I, I, my passion for science and my love for for uh, you know beer and spirits it just kind of drove me into this direction of wanting to find something fun to do with my knowledge and my knowledge base and my uh, you know my understanding of science. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems like you really have gotten to combine all of that here. Um,
0: obviously, what is distilling and fermenting, if not biochemistry, and knowing how all of that Oh, absolutely. Yeah, works. on every
1: level. Better living through chemistry. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. So, I guess, is that what kind of brought you to wanting to do homebrewing first and then distilling? You just, you, you really kind of understand what's happening with the yeast and. The sugars and how alcohol is made. Do you do you, oh, yeah. do you apply that daily to what you're making here?
1: Oh, yeah, very much so. It's, you know, home brewing, it was, to be honest, it was more of I wanted to make beer to drink. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I realized, uh, you know, very shortly into it that because I understood all the processes that were happening uh, and, and I, I was good at it. I was, you know, I, and I actually originally made a business plan to start a brewery, but it's a very saturated market and, mm-hmm. you know, decided that may not have been a good idea and, and uh, inevitably a business plan to start a distillery and it you know here it's uh, you know as any brewery or, or any facility the fun is in the R and and that's when you really get to use your science background and have fun and you know create things at a certain point though especially when you're making flagship items that are you know it's becoming repetition you like to describe it like a a, a restaurant sometimes of you know being being that role of head chef a lot of times is a fun part of creating new recipes and you know, the knowledge behind it and how to make everything then at certain some point it becomes a repetition you know line chef you know mm-hmm. wearing that different role of uh, you know sometimes it gets mundane but you know what it's still a, a beautiful setting to be in and, and a lot of fun to be doing this on a daily basis like well, i kind of like
0: to talk about that setting just a little bit more why 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 vaishan why this island you know what, what kind of drew you out here
1: it's uh, one of the very few rural parts of Seattle. We're the only rural, unincorporated part of, C- of King County, of Seattle. My uh, my family, my, my wife has family in Port Orchard in the Navy. Uh, we come out to visit a lot. Uh, we we're originally from Columbus, Ohio. And came out here, <clears throat> every time we came out here, it was just harder to leave. It's such a beautiful place. Uh, yeah. we, we fell in love with the island. They're, actually, all three of their girls commute to the Vashon schools every day. The schools here are absolutely fantastic. And having two small boys, that's clearly a, a concern of ours uh, yes and we just love the community here it's a amazing community kind of a, a very distilled if you will <laughs> sense of what seattle is and the values that seattle ha- has in a small community and yet being a 20-minute ferry ride to you know metropolis for getting anything you need it's it's kind of a unique place in that sense well that's amazing
0: and so were you the first are you the only distillery here on the island then only legal one. Only yes. legal um, one. <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> so I've, then, I've heard stories and rumors okay. in the woods. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's yeah, a lot yeah. of woods on the <laughs> You did, So, what was that like for you then to be the first and still only distillery from a permitting perspective? You know, how did you get local officials to even approve you? Was it educating them about what it was what was going to be required, or was it pretty easy to work through all of that?
1: Fortunately, King County in, in Washington specifically is very craft friendly. Uh, with exceptions to the taxes, but that's everywhere. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but yeah, this, uh you know we we actually have more distilleries in Washington State than any other state. Uh, the craft industry is booming here because the the uh, liquor control board and, and the legislatures have made it very a uh, very hospitable environment to create a craft distillery and operate one. The realistically, the I think the, some of the hardest parts, obviously, were the federal permits definitely have yeah. to have everything together for that it's uh fortunately being a biochem background you're used to doing a lot of paperwork okay. So <laughs> <laughs> a stack of paperwork didn't really scare you a whole bunch of forms it's, oh yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah the submission the paper submission for our uh, distilled spirits plant was about an inch thick wow uh, there's quite a bit of work compiling it but uh Thankfully, it was done very well and mm-hmm. only came back with one small error, which was the lack of an initial on a single form. Okay. and <laughs> Easily we, correctable. Yeah, and we actually yeah. got our permit uh, ahead of their uh, projected schedule, which was un, wow. unexpected and, and rare. So we were very fortunate in that sense. State-wise, they just fall right into place uh, mm-hmm. with what the federal government does, so it was very easy getting it from the state. County-wise, definitely, there's some uphill battles as far as Complying with a lot of the zoning and code, but mm-hmm. uh, you know we we uh, had some help walking through that, so that you know, turned out very well. And obviously, yeah. we're here, so and the community yeah, loves us here, so that's good.
0: Yeah, well, I, I think as we were talking before, it you know you really do tap into the community out here, don't you? I mean, you. I, I we're going to get in a little bit in, in a little bit. We're going to get into where you source your ingredients from and everything. But I, I would imagine one of the things that really brought you out here too was just that you could be a part of a larger create a craft community you know you're contributing to it but you partner with a lot of local businesses a lot of local artists for everything that you're building here
1: yeah 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 you know i mentioned this to you earlier that a lot of times we have two shipping containers or three shipping containers here is extra storage (laughs) uh two of them that we actually got on island from free from people because they as i said earlier it was you know once things come on the island it's actually harder to get them off and so they were just getting rid of them, and we offered to move them here, and we, we have them here for free. But that really goes in line with everything of of other businesses operating here. Is for example, our, our barrels that we char uh, that we we hand char all of our barrels, and all the barrels that we're using are coming from a winery on the island.
0: Oh yeah! Uh, wow.
1: Yeah. So it, it, a great synergy there. Um, we we uh, distill wine, make brandy from another winery on the island. For making brandy, and they're using our spirits to make their port. Mm-hmm. We huh. use our coffee liqueur. We're getting uh, our coffee, uh, roasted coffee beans from right next door at the Vashon Island Coffee Roastery, where which was the original Seattle's best coffee. That's where they started out. So just, there's a, definitely a lot of synergies. Our used barrels, for example, or there's a chocolatier on the island who's aging uh, cocoa beans in them. Just oh, really? As an experiment, yeah. Oh, wow. a, definitely a lot of fun synergies and huh. helping each other out. We're tapped into the Vashon Island Growers Association uh, for all the local farms on the island and trying to increase our usage of island-grown botanicals and materials that we're using and what we're making to try to keep uh, as much island economy and synergy as possible.
0: Oh, that's really cool. Well, yeah, so even once you're done with things, they they can still be recycled throughout the community and see uh, what other creative uses people can come up with it. Yep, Huh, that's awesome. So how do you promote your products then? you know before we start talking about what you make specifically you know how, how do you decide to get the word out you're, you're here on this island you, you're very well supported within the community but once you want to take it off island how do you get people to how do you get people to ask for you what you're making
1: yeah the uh, to be honest the first two years and this is along the lines of most craft distilleries we rely on our community of uh, very very much it's our tasting room sales here, or a big bread and butter part of our first two years in, in staying alive, uh, because you're you're no one. No one knows you. You know any other mm. community. No one knows you off island. No one knows you throughout the state or even out of state. But it's you know the, the way to for us at least to kind of grassroots campaign and and get our name out more is doing a lot of events, tasting events, uh, industry events. Mm getting as you know into our, our magazine articles uh, doing as much basically guerrilla marketing as we can yeah because uh, you know there are there are a lot of, several craft distilleries out there that have very deep pockets and have the ability to do traditional marketing but most of us like ourselves we can't we have to find creative ways to try to get our name out and promote our products without sp- you know spending a twelve thousand dollars a month on a billboard sure <laughs> and yeah and so it's uh, you know we do like i said a lot of events social media and uh, in donations especially we do a lot of donations to causes that uh, really grab people's attention yeah that's something that i haven't thing.
0: heard you know i mean in, in the interviews i've done that the donation thing is one thing i haven't heard a lot of people talk about so like if someone reaches out to you if a charity reaches out to you to do a silent auction mm-hmm. or something you know you you do you do that to one help the charity but also do you see a return from name recognition do you do you see a good return on
1: that yeah in different ways at silent auctions yeah. it's definitely more i think for from a donation perspective doesn't really do much for the name recognition i mean and in, in general any donation is going to be uh, a thoughtful part on our, our behalf yeah but we do get different things we do get more of a benefit out of for example we are sponsoring 1448 film festival uh, for a film series in seattle and there it's a several different Events throughout the course of the year in Seattle, at the different theaters that they're doing on stage for. And we donate all of our spirits for that. Very significant oh. spirits donation for it. And they're putting us in the bar and actually marketing some of our stuff as one of the sponsors of the event, which is fantastic. And, you know, it allows us to donate our spirits, which, you know, obviously has a cost to us, but not have to reach into a pocket that's mm. already been reached into by ourselves. Right. <laughs> and, and then, yes, you know, getting very shallow. <laughs> you know, we don't have the ability to do that. But it, you know, it allows us to be a very I like i like to think of it as a responsible member of the community of giving mm-hmm. back in a way that we can right now yeah yeah that's
0: what cool. you know one, one person did tell me once that one thing that distillers need to remember is what you're producing is itself a currency you know people will accept that P- people want what you're making and so um yeah, yeah you kind of think outside yeah. the the checking account think outside of what you have available cash on hand because you have something very desirable here that you're just making every day. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Let's talk a little bit then about you know the spirits that you do make. What's your creative process? You know, what kind of input do you look for to make sure that you're not just making you know six thousand gallons of <laughs> uh, gin that only you want to drink? You know <laughs> who who do you, who do you ask for? What kind of input do you seek?
1: Really, my science background. I mean, it, it, okay. it plays so much into that of being able to understand the different processes that happen throughout the entire process of making a spirit from from the brewing process and what kind of sugars you're creating during for, uh, during uh, you know what enzymes are working what different sugars you're creating and that the yeast will metabolize and you know they'll create different byproducts based on what sugars that they have available to work with during the distillation process it's you know there's a lot of science that goes into that of of you uh, of what uh, you're going to be stripping out of the spirit and what you're going to be leaving in, based yeah. on what temperature you're distilling. So I mean, realistically, if with that background, you can fundamentally design on paper what you want to create and what kind of profiles you want before you make it. That's a huge benefit having that background as opposed to just kind of you know, shotgunning it and doing <laughs> you know twenty different varieties of uh, you know whiskey and hoping that one of them is one you're going to like. Yeah, and definitely cuts down on the cost as well. You that said, our gin took 34 different trials. Actually, I hand-built a miniature version of our still. Really? Uh, I, I started doing the uh, the gin my gin trials in a glass distillation set, you know, a lab, t- typical lab set, and I wasn't liking how it was turning out, uh-huh. especially because it wasn't representative of how it's actually going to still in our still, because we do a vapor infusion. Oh, okay. Uh, so, I actually built a copper small replica of our still with a, little, with a vapor column, and and made our our gin that way so and it uh, just immediately off the bat it it started working better Mm -hmm. uh, and i was getting better results of what i was trying to aim for It still took another 20 trials to tweak it to exactly where i wanted it then realistically it's it's kind of developed of the the first four batches that we released uh, because scaling up is still different it doesn't exactly scale up perfectly or going from you know half a liter experimental batch to doing 200 liter batches, you know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So
0: you can't just hit times 400 exactly. and that's going to be, yeah. 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 Right, right,
1: right. So, yeah. And, and you know, so, yeah, I, I definitely tapped the, the science part of it for a lot of inspiration. But, you know, on, on top of that, you know, as far as the creative portion of it goes, I follow and love what the crap brewing industry has done mm-hmm. you know, over the course of the last two decades. And trying to branch out and make things, make things that are different, and not try to make the same old thing that uh, you know InBev is making. You know? Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so let's start. You know, as as my, uh, I want to really get into how you develop your flavor profiles and how you do differentiate yourself. But you know, first, all your base kind of starts out the same, right? You, it's um, all, it's all a, a grain. <laughs> uh,
1: something funny just. Something funny just yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> It's all a, uh, it's all a grain base
1: that you work with uh, for your for your vodkas. It is. Yeah.
0: Where, yeah. Where, where do you source that from? Where do you get your grain from?
1: So our wheat's coming from uh, Moses Lake area, central Washington. Okay. Uh, just about uh, a two hour drive from here. Our barley for our whiskey is coming from Palouse a region, which is uh, a big wine growing region, but it's uh, south central Washington area. Okay. Being craft in Washington state, 51% of our material has to be Washington grown. I see. Uh, but we, we really try to, to stretch that to be as much as possible Washington grown. I mean, obviously, like our gin botanicals, some things we have to go out of state for, but, yeah, okay, you know, <laughs> sure. <laughs> our lemon peel is the furthest away from Northern California, but that's, okay. you know.
0: You, and even that's pretty regional. <laughs> it is, yeah, 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 within about,
1: you know, 250, 300 miles, so, yeah. Okay. But yeah, I mean, really cool. try, then, try to create things that are what grow here. And that's, mm-hmm. that's uh, even if we weren't, didn't have the craft designation with the state, we would try to fo- definitely focus on what grows here because we want to make a, a local spirit in everything that we make. So when someone grabs a bottle of your gin, you know, they're going to get the flavors of the northwest
0: basically. It it's going yeah. to be something that's identifiably northwestern and not, you know, London dry style which has nothing to do with yeah. the Seattle area. Yeah, absolutely. And,
1: uh, yeah. yeah. It, the it was tough for me. I was I've always been a traditionalist when it comes to gin. Okay. And so the idea of really breaking outside of the box and making something really revolutionarily revolutionary, mm-hmm. revolutionary early different was a difficult step for me, but the the more I was Doing the trials, and especially when we started making it, it I, it, I, I'm, a, I'm a convert to and believer. Okay. Really, kind of of that different style of gin. It's not a dry gin, at all. Uh, it's very smooth, and we have uh, 11 total botanicals. And like I yeah. said, everything's sourced from the region. So
0: what, what what what's that thing that you do that makes your gin different? You know, how do you how did you find a way to differentiate? So because the law says it has to be 51% juniper, or you know, it has to have yeah. the dominant characteristic of juniper. And it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: If one thing is, you know, we designed our equipment. It's all very proprietary, the designs I put into it. The gin column, for example, it is a vapor infusion column, but it's uh, very unique in the sense that it, it it's uh, able to not reflux back to the still and it reheats itself, which actually creates a much smoother gin the way it's actually uh, distilling it. Hmm. That and on top of that with you know, the botanicals that we chose gives the gin a much more full body to it and uh, you know for example the hazelnut in it gives it almost a buttery mouthfeel. Wait, feel. there's
0: hazelnut in it? Yeah, really? Yeah, we use
1: ha- elderberry and hazelnut which is as far as I know has never been done in a gin before. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. And those two, the lavender and coriander all grow on the island as well. We're trying to make that that all of it is actually grown on the island but yeah, uh, that's why we're reaching out to farms and kind of collaborate with them even further but uh, okay. Yeah. yeah, so it's you know trying trying to really focus on using the materials that we have here, and one of the, mm-hmm. the reasons that you decided to go with hazelnut, not only because of the, the oils in it that gives it that smooth, that, that body in our our, our our gin that we have, but a very popular botanical that a lot of distilleries use in their gin is Grains of Paradise, and it really yeah. is characterized by being a kind of a peppery hazelnut characteristic, and hazelnuts, which grow in the Northwest everywhere, mm-hmm. uh, is, it was an obvious thing for us to try and, and give that a try and just really love where it went so. yeah yeah
0: okay cool so yeah why, why go for peppery hazelnut ish if you can just uh, go out and grab the peppers and then hazelnut yeah and, and, <laughs> and, and why why work around the product when you can just bring it right into you yeah, and yeah, stay close yeah. Yeah. yeah and then your whiskey what uh can we talk about that just a little bit now you 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 age yours in barrels that come from local wineries as you were saying earlier and you yeah. actually do your own hand firing or you 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 do your own charring of it to get the right characteristics yeah you want yeah Yeah. so i guess in that way it's also very unique and also very uniquely northwestern because the wines are made here so the flavoring that that imparts into the barrel is going to be distinctly from this area and then exactly it's only ever going to taste like the your way because you do the firing yourself you're not just getting them trucked in from you know a thousand miles away
1: yeah exactly and and it, it has that that uh that kind of belief and culture of reusing that we are so passionate about on the island again trying to to minimize what's leaving the island so it's Mm -hmm. Andrew Will Winery is where we're getting our barrels from a really fantastic winery on the island and one of the the oldest in Washington state but we're fortunate enough to have access to their barrels and uh, we we buy our barrels from them Uh, I recuperate them rechar myself to custom char that I want because to me the craft industry is something that uh, it's not necessarily just being small it's just having control over every process that you're doing and, mm-hmm. and you know i my belief is that we you know i want to take even more control the more space that we we eventually have here the more i want to do i want to actually turn our current building into a malt house and actually start yeah. to do all of our own malt and, oh really it's like the old scottish distilleries do i want to be able to control be in control of that wow. you know being, having that control over every every step of the process mm-hmm. is what helps you create such a unique product yeah, our, I mean, you own, you
0: mill it yeah. all your you mill all your own grain here yourself and everything. I mean, we do, yeah. yeah, we're 100% in the bottle. Yeah. Everything but growing it basically exactly. is, is yeah. within your control. Yeah,
1: and we would try to do that on an island as well if it yeah. wasn't for the land cost here. It's okay. <laughs> 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 much cheaper out, out in Central Washington. Right, but yeah, the, you know, our whiskey is a single malt and green barley whiskey, very similar to an Irish style. But we you oh, know, we use a little bit of honey in the fermentation as well. It gives a little bit of sweetness that carries over. Oh wow, uh, but. Usually Irish whiskey is aged in sherry casks, and we're, we're using the charred cask, which gives it some some uh, levels of smokiness that you get, especially from, you know, that you think is American, and you know, with the bourbon and mm-hmm. other whiskeys, and, and especially Northwest style, you know, that we want to create a very Northwest style smooth whiskey.
0: Yeah. You know. Oh, very cool. And, you know, you're <laughs> so you make a coffee liqueur, which I can't think of anything more... Yeah, seattle, know, right? <laughs> you know yeah, like obviously <laughs> how do we work coffee into that yeah. yeah yeah and that comes from the local uh, roaster here what was it like working with coffee beans how do you introduce those flavors into the base spirit into the base uh, liqueur spirit
1: our approach to that was to really let the coffee shine uh, there were a few other surprisingly only maybe one or two other coffee liqueurs in seattle being made by different distilleries and weren't really thrilled with as as, for what we were looking for what we wanted out of a coffee liqueur what you know where those were at so you know what our focus was being seattle's we really wanted to be coffee for very robust Mm -hmm. on the coffee and so the the key in approaching it was to to make a liqueur that wasn't overly syrupy and sweet and let the coffee really shine and so it wasn't uh, so much about i guess the 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 the, the approach to where the coffee wasn't you know how to Complement it necessarily and we're using our vodka as the base for it but how to let the coffee shine mm. and let it be the fundamental thing that you're tasting because okay. we have fantastic coffee in seattle and it's yeah. you know we're, i'm sure everyone knows that i don't think i've slept since <laughs> so, i've you know, gotten here yeah you know, right exactly yeah. all the time yeah, yeah. And, and it does it's it's very you know it's almost like a, a cuban coffee or like a sweet italian espresso mm-hmm. just not very overly syrupy and it's just uh, very balanced in that sense yeah well
0: yeah. oh, very neat well so kind of stepping away from the products for a second talk about your bottle design where 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 did you source your bottles from did you go with a custom mold uh how did you kind of think about that as you were you know starting up your distillery and thinking about how you're going to get noticed on the shelf
1: yeah i mean a custom mold would be you know fun thing for us to have uh definitely would be but unfortunately again going back to our lack of space here Mm -hmm. uh you know doing custom molds the only real way to make that uh, fundamentally viable would be able to do truckloads at a time and unfortunately and we wanted to be able to get to that point we have a bigger building but unfortunately we can at the most maybe store three or four pallets of bottles at any given time so it forced us into doing what are you know kind of the stock molds and you know mm-hmm. we we scoured over books yeah did a lot of different designs and you know decided on the one that we're currently using it's, it's a very craft feel to it and has a great weight to it, and you know, it's, it's, we fell in love with the bottle, so it's working out very well for us. Mm-hmm. And they're currently married in uh, Missouri, uh, made in the U.S. And, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. And uh, yeah, so,
0: and how, how about your labels? Now, did you design those yourself? <laughs> uh, did you use a local artist to help you with that? How did you How did you get the label?
1: So we're actually we rebranded our labels back in June. Pretty significant change in direction of where we were at. Our previous label was is very beautiful. It was really really fantastically done but it there's a bit of a disconnect between you know what we what we had designed on the label in-house and really who we are it was a very sleek hmm. bottle looks like something that you would get from a you know very high-end diageo-esque uh, kind of distillery but okay. it it didn't represent us it wasn't craft it, it didn't have a craft huh. feel to it and when you looked at the bottle you, you, like i said there's a very discon- big disconnect between that seen that bottle and saying that it came from our little log cabin that we're working out of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, right. Uh, so we, we hired a uh, Blind Tiger, a wonderful firm in Seattle, to help us out uh, in designing our bottles. The owner, she's actually, she lived on Vashon for a long time. So, oh, okay. You know, we have great connections there and they yeah. specifically design uh, design uh, bottles for, uh, or labels for craft brewing and craft distillery. So that's okay. their that's focus. And, uh, you know, basically from our input and our story and what we are doing, uh, you know, back we did... Several back and forth, but I mean, since uh, right off the bat they they got it, they understood mm-hmm. it, and they uh, had designs that just or were immediately representative of who we are and what we're doing here.
0: That's really, cool. and I think that's yeah, uh well worth the
1: cost of doing it.
0: I think that's such a great point. Is that a customer who's never been out to Fashion before, never visited you, never had any time to to meet you? You yeah. know, they just. That bottle and that label is what has to create that connection with them and really has to convey the story of what your brand is. Yeah. So I can imagine, yeah, you're sitting here and you know what your story is and you're thinking of what this really beautiful label can be, but it's not creating in the customer's mind exactly what you want them to know that you are. And you do put so much work into being local and being crafty and doing everything with your own hands. Yeah. Right. Right. I guess, would you say that you're able to work very well with? your label designer, you know, even though they're not here in the room with you. I, oh, I imagine yeah, they're yeah. part of the team, right? You have to be able to speak to your label designer and they have to be able to understand what you're communicating
1: oh, yeah. to them. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, if we, there are times that we had to go over there and explain something in person. It's a 20-minute ferry ride. Okay. So not that <laughs> it's bad. It's not yeah. so bad, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and, you know, and, and most of you know, design process can happen via email, back and forth, and phone calls. So that's, that was a fairly easy process. Mm-hmm. Is, you know going into you know spend, spending the them what you know little capital we have to invest into the designs that we were skeptical and it was a little bit scary and but like i said right off the bat they, they just hit it out of the park yeah and never looked back it was you know a great great decision for us to, to work with someone like that
0: very cool yeah so what possessed you to want to build your own still <laughs> what 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 was the interest there was it a cost cutting thing is it because you like to really work with your hands um, yeah.
1: all of the above I, I all the, yeah yeah I, I tell a lot of people if, if i went if i were to do it all over again i may have gone into engineering because I, I love engineering i love garage en- garage engineering i'm a woodworker i'm a welder wow. I, you know i have a lot of fun doing that stuff and the the ability to to be able to fabricate the still ourselves and it really open the doors for being able to have fun designing it engineering it and building it ourselves so there's uh, you know the fun aspect of it but also like i said earlier the proprietary aspect of it because we're using a still that no one else has mm-hmm. and every step along the, the way of, of making spirits is can be changed uniquely by what you're using what by the equipment you're using you could start with the exact same base material uh, you know do this make the same beer and or make the same you know base spirit but depending on what kind of still you're using it could come out completely different yeah and knowing that we have a, a still that no one else has we're creating characteristics and flavors that no one else is creating hmm. it just adds to that craft sense and yeah you know, the ability to have something that you know unique compared to anyone else i mean and, and you know the icing on the cake was being able to spend probably clo- close to an eighth of the cost of yeah. you know wow. buying a german still or a, you know scottish still and which are gorgeous you know pieces of equipment but uh, you know there's something to be said about our, our what we build it's very yeah. very utility and and very beautiful in its own sense and you you were telling me that you
0: actually worked with local metal workers too to get yeah. them looking this way so yeah. you had another way that you were reaching out to your community
1: oh yeah yeah, yeah. we we've vashon's very a very talented community we have a lot of artists here a lot of engineers doctors and, mm-hmm. and all, all kinds of uh, like you like to believe or that it's one of the probably most uh, educated communities in, in the country yeah. just as far as small communities goes but the uh, the amount of talent on the island is amazing and having that right outside our back door to have uh, some you know specialty welders come in here do the bimetal welding on our uh, on our column flanges and do the patina art on the, the hmm. copper itself, uh, Our stainless uh, steel? Uh, we have a guy who who makes on the island who actually makes stainless steel instruments and TIG welds to just a artistic degree. And yeah. He did all of our, our st- uh, stainless piping for us, and wow, some of the most beautiful welds I've ever seen. And, you know, it's, <laughs> it, and it's just amazing to have the stuff and these people in the community that that uh, will step up and help you and, and do the stuff and absolutely plus keep the you know business on the island too. Mm-hmm. So it's good. So one thing that I think of is,
0: you know, when you're starting a business out here on the island is, you know, you, you're you dependent on water, which Seattle is blessed to have it yeah. constantly falling from the sky. But, uh, yep, yep. but you know, you, you, you need a good water supply and you need to be able to get kind
1: of your wastage out of here. Is that an issue for you being out here on an island? It's not. Did uh, that go
0: into your planning at all?
1: It, it did. I mean, I, I if we got to the size of doing 750,000 barrels Okay. Of whiskey, you know what Jameson's done, I'm sure there mm-hmm. would be an issue about it, but you know we're craft, we're small. Even if we are ten times, you know, twenty times the size, we're, we're, there's plenty of water here. So we're okay. If you think about it, the va- the islands in a big saltwater bathtub, so all of our water is rainwater recharge. It's wow. all big glacial till aquifer, which is fantastic water huh. on the island, and we're gifted to have that water source on the island. But you know they always say that the water, the local water, is what makes a beer or a spirit, and Absolutely. having that quality quality water to just stop the bat of you know being the fundamental building block for everything we're making is you know it's very important to us Uh, yeah
0: yeah that's cool and then for your like your spent grain after it's been through the cooker do you how do you how do you dispose of that do you work with local farmers to to get rid of it so we do green out
1: fermentation so we strain all of our grain out and all of the spent grain which is a fairly high Protein feed at that point. we were sending it to yeah. a, a farm just about a mile away. Oh, cool! Uh, raising uh, he's raising ducks, chickens, pigs, cows. I mean, uh, a lot of different <laughs> livestock yeah. off of it. <laughs> I have chickens at home. I take a bucket home oh, know, wow. every day, and they love it, especially okay. when it's steaming and hot. And they yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on a cold day, they, they definitely love it. We um, want our, our employees. Cody, he takes it home with him as well, and he's got some sheep and pigs, and, and you know, they they do a farm to table dinner they do a uh, uh, pop-up, oh, wow. pop-up uh, dinner once a month and they use that meat for that purpose and hmm. um so yeah a lot of again going back to the the, the synergies on the island a lot of uh, you know island businesses that we are kind of part of the cornerstone for, mm-hmm. you know of and it's, it's nice being in that position yeah um, literally once it gets here on the island it just stays here on the island oh yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah and then, you know everything that we're, fortunately we're in a manufacturing kind of industry that everything that we're all of our waste is useful. I mean, mm-hmm. it, our stillage is instead of sending it down to the sewer, it's, it's uh, essentially just a very low grade fertilizer that we're just irrigating a horse farm with.
0: Yeah. So it's better wow.
1: that, better to help grow the grass for the horse than <laughs> yeah. send it down to the to uh, our our uh, very very limited capacity uh, sewage plants yeah. on the island. So yeah, yeah,
0: very cool. So all right, you you we, we've discussed how you how you make it. What what kind of went into your decision making as far as what to bottle what your bottles look like how do you you know get it into the customer's hands how do you get it into a bartender's hands do you do you self distribute do you work with the distributor
1: yeah early on uh, the first year or year and a half or so we self distributed but the problem with self distributing especially being on an island is you can only distribute as far as you can drive in a day okay and it, and when you're you're factoring in a you know maybe 15 minute ferry wait line and mm-hmm. 20 minute ferry on top of that you know it's it, becomes a a long day and it limits your drive even further so and you know it worked out for us well off the bat just because we were unknown and it was an ability for us to try to get our products off island and get off get it out more yeah and get our face in front of uh, restaurants and bars but as we were able you know got our name recognizable more we, we actually just in december were voted best washing distillery by uh, uh sunset magazine oh wow so, uh, In a public vote and which was and we beat out a lot of bigger uh, distilleries and older distilleries than ourselves in washington yeah
0: that's we, saying we, a lot especially yeah. there's the most here than in any other state in the union so oh, yeah right you're beating yeah. a lot we're, of uh, there's
1: 26 or 27 in seattle alone yeah whoa and you know we we were inundated with emails after we won that from a lot of the very small distilleries saying we were so happy that you guys won it because it Goes to show that even us, you know, smaller yeah. guys, it validates are, what? yeah validates us and, may, and shows that we're you know we're appreciated in the industry in, in the community. Yes. But yeah, But so, yes, I mean, just so you know, that that stuff definitely helps get our name out mm-hmm. better. But uh, you know, just trying to get in in, in front of restaurants and bars. It's, it's a huge thing being able to talk to them. We have two uh, distributors now in Washington. Okay, one on the east side and one on the west side, and basically the Sound and we do a lot of ride-alongs with them yeah just
0: because Uh, the distributor has it doesn't mean your responsibility is gone right yeah i mean the
1: rule of thumb with distributors is they'll sell it for you after you sell it okay (laughs) um we've got a fantastic distributor though and they they do a great job for us and but still you know you know, being craft and especially the bars that are selling craft and and are very craft centric it means a lot for them to talk directly to you as the distiller Mm -hmm. and for you to go on the ride-alongs and and you know chat with them and, you know, for them to ask you the question, the technical questions on what you're doing and you being able to give them every answer because you're the one doing it. Uh, that, yeah. that is, in essence, it is craft, And that's why, you know, that's what bar, bartenders want to hear. Not mm-hmm. only having great products, you know, they can, you know, sell right. <laughs> and yes, mix. So. <laughs> but, you know, that's that's obviously a very key part about it. But, you know, the story goes a long way. And, and mm-hmm. being able to actually have that connection to, you know, telling their, their customers coming in about, you know Ishan Dillon came in the other day and was explaining they're still there himself yeah, came in and yeah, was explaining, yeah yeah explaining why they're doing a number four char mm-hmm. or, a number th- or a number three char and so have a number two char on the whiskey and huh. this last rounder you know what yeah the uh, grain was you know it, the way the grain uh, wheat grew this year and in, in, uh, out east was, it was was a dry year so it wasn't as plump and uh, huh. so you know, it's taking longer to mill you know <laughs> yeah
0: yeah so I, I can imagine you know like you said it it's a full-time job just running a distillery, right? Making sure fermentation is happening, milling is happening.
1: Reports are filed. Yeah. Reports are filed, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sign out the paperwork. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> and then you throw on top of that, oh, man, now I have to go out and actually meet people and be social. Right. Yes. Do, you, do you enjoy that part of it? And do you, you see a very good return when you make that investment to go out?
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. I, mean, to, I mean, to be honest, my favorite part about this is, even with my science background, is the R&D. I love the R&D yeah. part of it. That's what makes it all worthwhile and fun to me. You know, it's it's great when you get to meet meet anyone uh, who's you know passionate about your product. That's that really Mm -hmm. validates what you're doing, and especially when you you know go out in the industry and and talk to bartenders and they love it. Yeah, you know they're they're around it all day and they love your product and that's really validating. And that's that's Mm -hmm. really I think the most enjoyable part about it is is uh, just. I guess a sense that industry approval of the <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, I mean, yeah, the, the your... experts themselves are the ones yeah. who are telling
0: you like, this is great. And we're able to sell it. And
1: oh yeah. Yeah. yeah you're placing yourself up there for critical review. Absolutely. And, and to be able to be, ex- you know, saying you're making something fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause that's your baby. You're be... putting it in a bottle oh, and
0: you're well. just sending it to the world. And, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I hope somebody yeah. likes this.
1: Yeah. That, that was the, probably one of the more nerve wracking parts about when we we're first starting up. I mean, mm-hmm. so just that, you know, how it's going to be accepted in, in, in the industry. And, Yeah. And if people are are going to appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So was it easier to get noticed by a distributor because you had already kind of gone out and formed some accounts on your own and you were able to give them some feedback? Like, yeah, people really are buying this. You're you're a safer bet to take on. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean...
1: if you put yourself in distributor shoes, if you've already done the work and there's an account set up that's already buying the stuff, that's mm-hmm. already money in the bank for you. Yeah, sure, I'll take it. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I, point, it, yeah. yeah they're, if they're reordering, and you know, that's one less thing work that I'm going to get do for free money. And I'm just delivering yeah. the stuff. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it definitely it, it, it helps as far as your credibility goes. Um, you know, if you, we, we chose the name Seattle Distilling for for many reasons, you know, one of which is the, the name recognition, and, mm-hmm. and that definitely helps us get further. Okay, and. Seattle is, you know, Washington in general, like like we were said, is, you know, the, the most craft distilleries in the country than any other state. But what, you know, Seattle is is one of the most cities with craft distilleries in the entire country. It may even be the most. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. But you know, it's very synonymous with craft distilling and being able to be not only part of that and one of the 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 pioneers in it here, but also have the name that's really you know recognizable with craft mm-hmm. is definitely is a leg up and helps us get further
0: very cool yeah so how does your tasting room kind of factor in to running the operation you know do you do you sell from your tasting room or are you allowed to do that yes we are yeah. in washington
1: one of the benefits of the craft law that changed several years ago so we can sell the tasting room at first it was i believe it was two liters per person per day and they actually upped that hmm. now to announce unlimited Oh, okay. Uh, so you can do, you know, people buying for events or parties, they can do that. Oh, they can
0: just so, come in here and. Yeah. Yep.
1: So, I mean, we had, we had uh, situations the first two years where, you know, people were doing a big party. Yeah. And they had to send three or four friends over to just to <laughs> yeah. get it. Yeah. To, to legally get it, buy it, you know, buy enough legally right, from right. our tasting room. This is your two leaders. This <laughs> is so, your two This is your two leaders. Thank God. That was, that was a pretty obvious one to change. I'm glad the state did. And, yeah. You know, we're, we're on the board of the Washington Distillers Guild and we have a lobbyist. We've been trying to change some of the. Unnecess- uh, the uh, unnecessary silly laws that are on mm-hmm. the books for it right now but um yeah so in mean, those first two years our tasting room was was key it's our bread and butter is yeah you know really 80 percent of our revenue and it was keeping us alive wow. getting getting through and that's i mean we we're, were making a, a great product but mm-hmm. i have to give you know all the credit to our community for supporting us yeah we definitely have a very supportive community on vashon and they they backed us okay very well and, you know, and
0: yeah. yeah they came in here and then they knew to go out and ask their local liquor stores hey do you carry seattle distilling company oh yeah spirits uh, you'll, you'll, you'll you go to bars oh do yeah. you have that seattle distilling Company? St-?
1: yeah you'd be surprised how many people on this island who have no skin in this game at all uh-huh just doing that because they you know it's a, it's an island business and yeah they feel passionate about you know our community and, and encouraging the, the economy here. Mm-hmm. so yeah
0: that's such a value to being a deeply integrated part of that of of your community
1: you know that you know it goes back to the donation thing too of being a responsible member of community and trying we, we donate to almost every cause on the island and people respect that and that's that's one of the bigger things that we get back is because you're respected because of what you give they give back without even asking okay yeah huh
0: very cool so just kind of a couple of bigger picture questions you know um looking back now 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 that you you're up and running you know you're in two states two distributors things are kind of moving along what do you wish you could you know go back and tell yourself as you know you that was just starting the distillery what do you wish you kind of knew then that you know now what would you go back in time and tell
1: yourself there's a few things Uh, i mean there's not not many other choices on the island, but I would have loved to have a little bit bigger of a building. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just you know, space is yeah. is invaluable uh, in the uh, manufacturing world, I and mean, just just from you know empty bottles to anything, it's just it's having that space and availability, and not having to rearrange an entire 40 foot container just to get to a pallet at the very back oh, man. <laughs> yes it's very time it yeah yeah right. oh, it, you know, it's like playing tetris you got to you know be on top of and be as <laughs> efficient as possible placing it strategically you know you're going to need that next yeah but yeah it's it, you know that it does get frustrating <laughs> i guess we're just going
0: to age that for 10 years because i don't want to go back you yeah no right idea. right right
1: <laughs> we you know we cut costs on uh, for example when we water jet all of our flanges on the columns we did stainless steel and it had a, if I could go back, I would do it out of brass. Or oh, really? That way we could actually TIG weld it to the copper and have oh. been a tighter seal. We have you know some pinhole leaks here and there, mm-hmm. and some product lost. Uh, and we we, you know, we fill those. The traditional way is fill it with a wheat paste. Just make a wheat paste or oh, okay. a flour paste and just put it on there, and it actually yeah. clogs the hole but you know it's it'd be nice not to have to do that right yeah, we, <laughs> one yeah. less thing to have to worry yeah. about or think right then, yeah. i mean brass was a lot more expensive but mm-hmm. in hindsight it was pretty cheap compared to okay. having. you know huh. if we could do it all over again yeah i mean there's you know minor things like that and you know there's uh you know, we've had some equipment failures and you know along the way that uh, we usually replace with bigger and better okay. homemade stuff you, know, yeah. <laughs> you know, our, our, our cooling water for example, or heat exchangers and, Mm-hmm. uh it's it's probably 10 times the size now what it originally was and yeah, yeah. It's, it's home built and homemade by uh, you yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it works well like, i guess
0: the value of doing all that homemade stuff is when when something breaks you know how to fix it right cuz you put it together you also know who oh, to yeah. blame Yeah. right right <laughs> yeah. right
1: i mean the 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 downside though is that uh you know there's very few people actually know how to operate when okay know, for example cody when you know one of our employees he's, he's here if something goes wrong i i it, it's all in my head how how of it operates. Yeah, and it's all very manualized, but he you know, he's gotten most of it down. Okay. there's still like you know, nuances that only you understand, and most of the stuff I, I literally uh, create in my sleep. I just think of huh. I, my best ideas come to me when I'm sleeping. I yeah. wake up and jot it down. But yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you don't you don't also dream of the user manual. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's something well, you can hand out That's a whole yeah. different issue. Yeah. <laughs> well. You know, now that you're on the production side of things and you make the product that you want other people to be selling, has it changed the way you go to bars and restaurants? You know, can you go out and just relax, or are you always kind of looking behind the bar and uh, trying to see, like, oh, are we here? <laughs> you know, where could I fit into here?
1: Uh, yeah, it's like can no can can you
0: can you turn that part of your mind off and have a nice night out, or are you always working whenever you go out? I guess is my question.
1: Well. I spend so much time here that my four-year-old for, uh, I think, the first two years, he, he used to drive by when he was two. He goes, oh, there's dad's house. Oh, no way. <laughs> so, you know, you work enough Yikes. that <laughs> you, you've got to turn your mind off and you got to yeah. enjoy yourself. You know, there's there's if a bar doesn't have us, you know, I'm going to ask for it. Okay. And if they don't, I say, hey, it's a good spirit. You know, you guys should carry it. But, <laughs> yeah. You know, you know we're, we're getting more and more… You know, widely, widely distributed, and you know, we're more and more bars, so it's you know, usually are, are there, which is a good thing. But you know, even if we are there, I, I definitely try to support the craft industry, and in our, mm-hmm. and you know, we're a very tight industry, and I've you know, a lot of colleagues that are very close to an industry, and I, I love I love going out and ordering their stuff, and not yeah. only from the stand of supporting them as well. But also from the standpoint of you knowing what else is out there and what mm-hmm. else people are creating, it helps your creative juices flow as well. Like, oh, yeah, that was a brilliant idea what they did. Yeah, you know, you know, I, we can do something you know similar. <laughs> that's you know, kind of uh, you know, offshoot of that. I and mean, you know, it's, it's a, you know, it's it's creative and it's just kind of, uh, it's it's nice to know. Yeah, you know, it's just nice to know what yeah. everyone else is doing. It's, it's, it's good what, market is yeah.
0: market research you can really enjoy too. Oh, right? it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah.
0: Well, just kind of a last question something I like to ask everyone you know what's the so someone comes out comes in they purchase one of your bottles they've never had any of your spirits before how should they enjoy it you know is there one recipe you can kind of share like someone comes in and buys your gin how would you say that they should take that home and really maximize their enjoyment of it
1: You know, if you just enjoy it neat, it's always enjoyable. Everything we make, we design it to be enjoyed just on its own. Okay. uh, That's that's quite a saying. You know,
0: it it stands up well enough on its own. It does, but the
1: gym specifically, I mean, one of my favorite spirits in summer actually is, you know, I like anything with our spirits. If you do mix them, I like to keep it simple. Simplicity is beautiful when it comes to having a great spirit. Mm -hmm. Not overpowering the spirit so you can taste it and complimenting as best as possible. For example, our... My, my, like I say, my favorite drink in the summer is just uh, a little bit of simple syrup, club soda, and fresh muddled cucumber with our gin. Oh, really? And it's Whoa. just, you know, very lightly flavored. The cucumber is just very, the nuances come lightly across, and it is just fantastically refreshing. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, very cool. Yeah. And then how do, you, how do you like your vodka? What's, uh... our, the vodka, I mean, it's it goes fantastic in a vodka martini. Our vodka yeah. is, okay. uh, we mix it with our coffee liqueur and make white Russians and black Russians. Uh, which are just fantastic. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know,
0: you know it, I was just thinking to sip that just to get the coffee flavor, but that's a great point putting it in a white Russian or a black Russian. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely.
1: Whoa. And then the coffee obviously li- mixing
0: it with your vodka too to keep it all. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know,
1: the, the, even the coffee liqueur and the whiskey make an incredible revolver. Whoa. Okay. Uh, and, you know, as much as as intense as ginger beer is, you think it would overpower up and making Moscow meals with our, our vodka is just mind blowing. It's you, just taste testing. Two different mm-hmm. vodkas with with, uh, with ginger beer. It's amazing how much huh. of those very small nuances in the vodka that you actually pick up on and makes a big difference in, in the character and taste of it. Yeah, yeah,
0: very cool. So, Isha, you know, how can people find out about you? Where where, where can they find you? Do you have a website? And when is your tasting room open?
1: Yes, yeah, so we have a website. It is www.seattledistilling.com. We are open. The tasting room is officially open uh, Thursday through Sunday, 12 to 5. But usually if we're here, there's a car in the parking lot or a car in our driveway. Anyone's more than welcome to stop in and say hi. Yeah. And you know, we're uh, Seattle Distilling on Facebook as well. But, uh, you know, our website has a lot of information. It's got a map where you can find us. Okay. And we're right now we're Washington-wide and in Nebraska. And uh, as soon as we have a little bit more capacity here, <laughs> we hope to branch that out to more states here soon.
0: All right. Well, Ishan, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for coming over.